This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290 WNBF Binghamton and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. For today, partly sunny, then gradually becoming sunny, high near 81. Mostly clear tonight, low around 58. Wednesday will be partly sunny, then gradually becoming sunny, high near 84. Binghamton officials are keeping a wary eye on a property that's been the source of ongoing criminal activity in the West Side neighborhood. The apartment house at 34 North Street has been described as a trap house, a place where drugs are sold and used. In July, one man was stabbed and another was shot in separate incidences at the building. Over an eight-month period, city officials said there were at least ten other instances involving police activity at the house. About three weeks ago, city attorneys firmly advised the property owners that the building was the source of criminal activity and neighborhood disturbances. The letter advised the owners to take action to correct the problem. In an email to WNBF News, Deputy Mayor Megan Hyman wrote, Attorneys for the property have responded, namely with plans to evict squatters at the property. And the 30-day clock is underway to monitor abatement of the public nuisance. City attorneys plan to go to court to have the property locked down if changes don't occur. Mayor Jerry Cram advised Conti that he had contacted the Southern Tier AIDS program. He said the agency agreed to visit the area and check for dirty needles and do some cleanup. He said the agency would also provide folks safe disposal methods in the short term as they clean up this property. On Monday, through the course of the investigation, New York State Police identified an individual as being in the area of the Moreau State Lake State Park around the time Charlotte Cena went missing. Further investigation led to the search of multiple residences where the individual is known to reside. Upon the search of those residences at approximately 6.32 p.m., state police located Charlotte safe and in good health. The suspect was taken into custody. This investigation is a culmination of multiple agencies working together for the common goal of bringing the child home to her family. New York State Police cannot emphasize enough how appreciative they are for the support received from Charlotte's community, friends, and family. This is still an active investigation. More details will be shared as they become available. A press briefing is to be planned for today. In Broome County Court, John Lamas, John Lamas of Binghamton was sentenced to seven years in New York State Prison after pleading guilty to felony attempted assault in the first degree, according to the Broome County District Attorney's Office. Lamas admitted that on October 20th, 2022, he cut a 61-year-old female with a knife during an argument, causing injury. Police responded to a report of an altercation at a residence on Leroy Street in the city of Binghamton. During an altercation, Lamas slashed the victim's face with a knife, causing a severe laceration that required stitches and further medical treatment. Lamas, who has no prior criminal history, will also serve five years post-release supervision. Renovation work is underway at a former CVS pharmacy building on Main Street in Johnson City. The Rhode Island-based company closed its store near Wilson Medical Center over a year ago. Crews recently started working to empty what was left in the vacant building and to make some infrastructure changes outside the structure. 
United Health Services will use the 10,000 square foot building as the new location for its retail pharmacy near Wilson Medical Center. It will replace a much smaller nearby facility now operated at Wilson Square at 52 Harrison Street. UHS spokesperson Kerry Davis said the new retail and specialty pharmacy will be open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The new pharmacy will have a drive-through pickup window and will be open to the public. The facility is expected to be used by UHS also as a vaccination center. It's expected to open early next year. Sam Bankman Freed once promoted his FTX digital coin exchange as a safe way for regular people to get into cryptocurrency. Now he faces the start of a criminal trial over allegations that he cheated thousands of customers. Jury selection begins today in a case in which the 31-year-old crypto mongo faces the possibility of a long prison term if convicted. Prosecutors say he cheated thousands of people who deposited cryptocurrency on the FTX exchange by illegally diverting massive sums of their money for his personal use, including making risky trades at his cryptocurrency hedge fund. Bankman Freed has acknowledged making mistakes while running FTX, but has insisted he had no criminal intent. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF. From the Golf Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Save in a big way at Galt Chevrolet. Joseph, Binghamton Now, Tuesday, October 3rd, 2023. And welcome to the broadcast. Feel free to contact me at 607-772-1290. Love to hear from you today. Hope you're not in the fog. Although, if you're around here, you very well could be. Foggy conditions, start of another summer-like day in the Twin Tiers. As I say, bring it on. Bring it on. More summer, more often. With WNBF at 92.1 FM, 1290 AM. Streaming at WNBF.com. And beautifully presented via the WNBF app. No matter what platform you're using, you should be proud that you are a WNBF listener. Check out our website for more local news, including stories about the old CVS store on Main Street in Johnson City. They have um, discovered a new use for the old 
CVS store. So if you want to see what's going on there, now that renovations are getting started and building uh, the CVS people from Woonsocket. Woonsocket, Rhode Island. The CVS people shut it down. Just one of many of their fine pharmacies in Broome County that they have closed over the last few years. Three in Binghamton, the one in Johnson City. Who's next? Which local pharmacy will close next? The Pharmacy Watch never stops. Seems that the uh, business of retail pharmacies has uh, changed quite drastically over the last decade. At any rate, you can see what's coming to that facility. The CVS facility on Main Street in Johnson City. The story is at our website, WNBF.com. This is Bob Joseph, live and local on your Tuesday morning, WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM. Hello, just a kid in America. What can I tell you? Very much like any other kid anywhere else on the planet. So, Dateline, D.C. Sorry. The, um, <laughs> the Matt Skates show is underway. So, uh, if you enjoy that sort of thing, you're going to be in for a real <laughs> treat. Matt Gates. Superstar. So, what Matt Gates has in mind here is to get as much FaceTime as possible on your cable channels. And uh, it's working like a charm so far. Like a charm. Uh, Matt Gates is uh, he's a rebel with a cause. He wants the Republican leader gone. Matt Gates. <laughs> What's uh well he wants Kevin McCarthy out. Who knows? The way things are going, Hakeem Jeffries could be in charge of the House before we're through. I already have been anticipating that Hakeem Jeffries, a Binghamton University graduate, by the way. Uh, ultimately would become Speaker of the House. I just didn't think it might be this soon. So think about that. The two most powerful men right now in Congress 
are from New York, and they both live in Brooklyn, I believe about a mile apart from each other. Hakeem Jeffries is a Binghamton University graduate. At the moment, the most powerful guy in the House of Representatives because Republicans are divided and Democrats are fairly united. So Hakeem Jeffries, who certainly uh, knows his way around downtown Binghamton, is the man of the hour. And uh, Charles Schumer, of course, continues to be in charge of the U.S. Senate. So let's face it. The two most powerful members of Congress, Jeffries and Schumer, are very familiar with Binghamton, so it can't be bad. It's 920 at WNBF. Let's go to our Action Hotline. Hi, Action Hotline. You're on the air. Hi, Bob Joseph. (laughs) Hey, Karen Sweet O'Neill. The following live segment Mm. is sponsored by KSO Insurance Solutions. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Oh, wonderful. I, I just... I don't know. Monday went so well, and today is actually starting off better than Monday. So I think this may be the best week ever. Oh, wouldn't that be great? It's And the weather? Oh. I know. It's Can't glorious. It's glorious. It is. Yes. And now, tomorrow, what we're going to talk about is open enrollment. So open enrollment is for people that are on Medicare um, are going on Medicare, and uh, they need to choose what option they want as far as their benefits uh, for January 1. It's between October 15th and December 7th, and that's the time period that we bring people in, we discuss what they have, we show them what the changes are to the plans that they have, and then discuss what other features and benefits of other plans that are available to them. Very, very important time of year because if you're not aware of the changes and you don't know that you want to make a change come January 1, you're unfortunately out of luck because you can't make a change. So we're very busy this time uh, in the fall, October 15th to December 7th. We are booking appointments for new clients and existing clients, of course. You can reach us several ways, 607-772. 4898. You can Google us at KSO Insurance. All our contact information comes up, including our website. Or if you missed the phone number, simply go to a phone book. And we have a big display ad under insurance in the yellow pages. And we're going to talk about some changes that are coming um, starting October 15th tomorrow. You have to worry about them changes. Well, you don't have to worry if you know what they are. Right? Well, you worry less oh, with the information. Yeah, oh, I, good. really? I'd see oh, that's, yeah, that's that. my concern is, see, every time I get a letter, and fortunately I don't get too many letters anymore because most companies know we don't want to get letters in the mail. But every time I get something in the mail from some mm-hmm. company that says great news, turns out it's not great news. It's great news for them. But they try to cast it as though it's great news for the rest of us. That's why every time I hear about oh. changes, you see what I'm saying? I too do. often, too often when it comes to them changes, it seems like it's framed as great news when in fact, yeah, you read between the lines and you see, oh, it's good for them because it cuts down on their workload or reduces their expenses and puts more burden onto you. But if, if you promise me, to bring me good news tomorrow about good changes, then I'll show up. Mm, promise is a big word. 
Well, strive. Say you'll strive to find some a good change. You don't. Okay. That doesn't mean you're. I, you remember, you're not under oath, but you will attempt to I, find one good I, change I, that will make me happy. I'll go back to it. I shall promise you there will be some good news tomorrow. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> some. Uh, yeah, that's okay. No, I, okay. And, and with the acknowledgement, anyway, you. It's not as though you have control over them changes. I mean. That's them, correct. Them changes are happening. Them changes. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, well, I'll... I right. pr- so, you promise to find at least one bit of good news in them changes, and then I <laughs> promise to be here tomorrow morning at 920 to listen intently. It's a deal. Thank you, Karen. <laughs> oh, Thanks, Bob. Love it. I love it. <laughs> Have a great day. You too. Bye. <laughs> yes, I'm... Always concerned about them changes. It's 924 at Bob Joseph. At Bob Joseph, right. I'm always concerned that I'm being replaced by the artificial intelligence. And if I keep this up, it could happen sooner rather than later. Don't worry about them changes. Some of them would be great. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Like the cable company with their new decision, the way way they want to do the news. (laughs) Hi, enjoy your cable news. We're giving you less while charging you more. That's a company. When they send you a note, the cable company, they send you a letter like they did a few weeks ago to me. Great news. I'm thinking, oh, great news from the cable company. That means they're reducing my bill by $120. No, it wasn't like that. Great news. We're going to send you another cable box. So we're going to decommission your existing cable box that works perfectly well. And the great news is we're sending you a new one, and then you have to hook it up yourself, and then you have to spend time on the phone with a customer service representative so they can activate it. And then, this is the final part of the great news from the cable company, after you've hooked up your new cable box and gotten it activated after um, the needed assistance from a customer service representative, 
in a far-flung state. And then you have to take your existing equipment and drop it off to some place, a third party, and ship back all your still usable cable equipment. And you have to do that in 30 days. So that's their definition of great news. <laughs> definition. Sure, that's great. Thank you. Great news. And this is the same cable company that unfortunately decided to cut back on their news operation again. Again, I love their news operation. I loved it better when they had more reporters and more local coverage from places like Binghamton. But, oh well. Oh well. That's great news. It's 928 at WNBF, WNBF WNBF.com. Well, here's an interesting story. Jim Emke reporting at News Channel 34. And I'm reading from the website, BinghamtonHomePage.com. Davis College buyers arrested for January 6th insurrection. So the people who just agreed to purchase the fabulous Davis College property in Johnson City, according to this news report, two men who are planning to buy Davis College were among more than a thousand people who were arrested for storming the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021. Gregory and Matthew Purdy, the brothers Purdy, along with their uncle, Robert Turner of Poughkeepsie, were arrested for their alleged roles in the storming of the Capitol on Insurrection Day. This is according to News Channel 34. The U.S. Attorney's Office leveled multiple charges against the three men, including civil disorder, assaulting, resisting, or impeding officers, disorderly conduct, and obstruction of an official proceeding. In a statement of facts, the Justice Department includes screenshots of social media videos, police body cam video, and surveillance cameras from inside the Capitol showing Greg Purdy rallying fellow rioters, breaching the police line, and walking through the Capitol building. So, looks like we could be in for some true excitement over at Davis College. According to the U.S. Attorney, Greg actively organized an effort to push through a police line shouting, Guys, we all got to go at once. Counting down from 10 to 1 and then breaking through law enforcement officers by using physical force. I'm sure the Johnson City Police are happy to hear about these new arrivals. In a post that prosecutors attribute to Greg, he refers to the breach as a peaceful push. You betcha. He also allegedly boasts about how I got out of it with no charges and nothing on my record and got out of D.C. without being in a jail cell. Plus, again, I'm quoting from the story at BinghamtonHomePage.com. If you're wondering why I'm so open about this, it's because I don't give a bleep. Last week, Greg and Matthew Purdy's developments announced plans to purchase the 13-acre Davis College campus property in Johnson City. Greg Purdy told News Channel 34 that the 
Birchwood Management Group is looking to establish an artificial intelligence university at the former Bible school, although he indicated that the company is open to other concepts, including a senior living facility. News Channel 34 tried to call and email Greg Purdy for comment, but has not received a reply, and they also reached out to DOJ for an update on the criminal cases against against the three men. So, there you go. This could be... (laughs) But I heard that they were planning to set up an artificial intelligence university. Of course, I, I was excited. There's nothing more exciting than people who are trying to eliminate more American jobs using artificial intelligence. So, anyway, that's, I found that story intriguing. At some point, maybe we'll hear from Gregory and Matthew Purdy to respond to the report by reporter Jim Emke. From News Channel 34. It's 9.32 WNBF. It's always interesting, isn't it? Always interesting. Getting back to uh, WNBF.com, we mentioned the story about the... um, abandoned CVS pharmacy building on Main Street in Johnson City. At least now something is going to happen there. It's another problem that we have been focusing on in Binghamton. We are keeping a, a watch. We'll call it a lockdown watch on an apartment house on the west side at North Street and Chapin Street. So some of the neighbors say it's basically a trap house. That's a place where apparently people go when they aren't supposed to be there and sell drugs and buy drugs and then use drugs. So a trap house, they've had uh, lots of trouble at this place at 34 North Street. The people who own it appear to have a town of Binghamton address. They don't seem to be reachable. I haven't been able to contact the owners. City is keeping tabs on this place. The neighbors are getting fed up. As we reported several weeks ago, a petition had been circulated asking the city to take action against this problem spot. And we're told that the city is... giving the people responsible for 34 North Street uh, 30 days. The the clock, as they say, the clock is ticking. The clock is tick, 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 ticking. So they apparently received word from a representative of the owners who indicate they plan to kick out the squatters at the building and that would be that would be a good thing according to city hall attorneys for the property have responded namely with plans to evict squatters at the property and the 30 day 
clock is underway to monitor abatement of the public nuisance. If changes are not made or they do not follow through on a plan, the city will file a motion to lock down the property. This is the due process part of the lockdown proceeding. So in the USA today, everyone is entitled to due process. So, And they certainly are entitled to due process. And hopefully everybody ultimately will be happy. They can have a uh, property, uh, North Street, that they can be proud of. And then the neighbors will be able to enjoy the neighborhood more in the future. Because I've, I've been on that part of North Street. I've actually visited... Uh, the neighborhood several times, keeping an eye on this situation. And I, I've been monitoring and hoping, hoping that things get resolved. And now, fortunately, when I've been there, it's been quiet. I haven't witnessed any shootings. I mean, one man got shot there, I believe, in July. I think he got shot in the back and. Another man got stabbed a few days before that. In fact, I spoke with the guy who got stabbed. He told me what happened. He said he was stabbed by someone he didn't even know. So, but every time I've been there, it's been quiet. But usually when I go there, it's in the daytime. I usually either get there before 9 in the morning or afternoon, but I'm never really in the neighborhood at night. Here are some of the things that the city has uh, been keeping tabs of. This is the record, the official record, for 34 North Street since Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve, general disturbance. This is a record apparently compiled by BPD. BPD as a listing of uh, incidents and points. They keep track of the points. If you wind up with 12 points in a six-month period or 18 points in 12 months, your property is regarded as a public nuisance. So Christmas Eve, when the stockings should have been hung by the chimney with care, there was a general disturbance. That's four points. Then in February... Another general disturbance. Four more points. Then March 28th, criminal possession of a controlled substance. Six points. There were noise complaints a couple of times in June. Each of those is two points. General disturbance later in June. Four points. Then more drug issues. At least four drug problems reported during August. Each one of those is six points. So... Between Christmas Eve and August 25th, they managed to rack up 46 points. 46 points in eight months, so that's definitely considered a public nuisance. So because your building seems to be a public nuisance... The Commissioner of Public Safety, which in Binghamton is the mayor, so that means Mayor Cram is empowered to abate the nuisance by closing the place down for up to a year. But before that can happen, you can 
work to abate the nuisance and prevent the closure of the building. So, this is the letter from the city attorney. She wrote, It is strongly suggested by the city of Binghamton that you take whatever steps necessary to ensure that all illegal activity at this place ceases. So, basically, clean the place up. Run the place the way you would run it if you were living there. That's, I think, what the city wants. So we'll see what happens. And to be sure, this is not the only problematic parcel in Binghamton. This is just one of many. But it serves, I think, as as an example of how things sometimes get out of hand. 607-772-1290. This is Bob Joseph working to make Binghamton better. Sounds like a campaign slogan. I support that message. This is News Radio, WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and streaming at WNBF.com. It's your radio station. Use it wisely. 607-772-1290 to call WNBF. I'm gonna fight them all. I said the nation army couldn't hold me back. They're gonna rip it off. Taking their time right behind my back. And I'm talking to myself at night because I can't forget. And a big story, and a story where um, many, many questions persist. The kidnapping of a nine-year-old girl at a state park. We are following the developments. A man named Craig Ross Jr. has been charged in connection with the kidnapping of the 90, rather of the nine-year-old girl. He's 46 so he's been charged with first-degree kidnapping. He arrived at the jail in Saratoga County this morning at 3.40. And they're holding him without bail. The girl vanished Saturday night while riding her bike at the state park while her family was camping. So we'll have more information coming up this morning here on WNBF about the police investigation. It's 9.45, back to the phones. Good morning, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Well, uh, John, and, and I live in the in the Binghamton there. I was just in that neighborhood, and to be honest with you, everything looked okay. Well, it's, uh, uh, it's evolved into a, a collection of snowbirds and cannabis users. Is there any... <laughs> well, I don't doubt that, but... More importantly, is there any drinking that goes on in that neighborhood, John? Yeah, yeah, they they uh, they're they're having a blast. <laughs> you know. Well, you know, hey, say what you want, but alcohol and cannabis sales also help drive the Binghamton economy, whether we like it or not. Well, I I prefer the hootenanny. Bring back the limelighters, the Kingston Trio. 
And up with people. Up with people, my friend. Up with people. You had to bring that up because they were in business for over 30 years and they went bankrupt right after they appeared at the the Mets Stadium there. But aren't they? They still exist, though. There there still is the entity up with people. You know what, what occurred to me? I was thinking last night how everybody has been transfixed by the National Entertainment League, the NEL, which used to specialize primarily in football games where young gladiators would take a chance of uh, getting themselves seriously injured so they would have trouble for the rest of their lives. Uh, that's no longer the primary thing they're selling. Now they're just selling all sorts of uh, storylines. And it's like, and I won't mention her name. I mean, she doesn't want the publicity, so I'll protect her privacy. But I was thinking if if they hired her to do a show, she should do a show, a halftime show, at every one of these National Entertainment League uh, productions at halftime. And she could do like an eight-minute show, sort of like what we do here in Binghamton with fireworks for our our baseball team, she could do an eight-minute show at every uh, Monday night and Thursday night game for the NEL, the National Entertainment League. And then some other listener actually said uh, they ought to let her know, the people at the league ought to let her know that she is going to be the halftime entertainment for their big game uh, in, I guess it's in February, I don't know if it's late January or February. And she, you know, the, uh, the problem they had is this, a guy, uh, the usher, I guess he works at movie theaters. The usher was already announced a few weeks ago as the halftime entertainment. But I'm, I certainly, given recent developments, I think, I think the league commissioner, Pete Rosell, ought to tell the usher, um, due to changing circumstances, you're not going to be the star of the halftime show. And this, uh, woman who values her privacy, she's going to give the halftime show instead. They would have awesome ratings, John, for their big... I think it's on CBS this year, the uh, one-time Tiffany Network. Well, the uh, the uh, first uh, that I saw this uh, incorporated into uh, athletics, this madness, uh, I, for me, it began in the middle 70s. I was watching TV and uh, George Harrison, looking very Beatleish in his Chelsea boots, showed up at a Lakers game and was given uh, a seat by the players. And then, of course, Jack Nicholson would de-grizzle uh, for his... Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I love that. Uh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, for his uh, halftime show. But, uh, uh, you know, and everybody remembers the old World Series or the old baseball games with... Uh, uh, in the DiMaggio days and stuff with a suited up uh, Sinatra uh, there. Uh, and I also remember one time, in fact, there was an article in the Rolling Stone magazine. This was about 1970 when the group Chicago was known as the Chicago Transit Authority. They decided to go to a baseball game. And this was still in the era where baseball players had flat tops. And uh, three of them were there. I think Terry Kath, who was a big guy, but had long hair. Uh, three of them uh, got uh, beat up there and were told to get out and get a haircut. <laughs> yeah. So this interaction between uh, sports and uh, 
entertainment uh, for me goes back a ways. But I, I and then all, also, you know, the, the boxing boxing was very very big on this, where they would pan to a, a non sports figure, uh, you know, at a prize fight and, and stuff like that. But uh, I don't know enough about Taylor Swift. I would say this: uh, she's right there with Tiffany. And uh, Jewel, I, I don't see the difference. Uh, maybe she's got more electronic gizmos on her record. But she seems to me to be a non-compelling, non-entity as far as... Is it wrong for me to say that I I actually liked Carol King better than her? I mean, maybe that makes me sound old, but... You know, Carol King wasn't flashy, but I thought she was very talented. I, another Another artiste, not... In entirely in the same mold, but I thought Carly Simon was was talented. Um, well, you know, when she was anticipating something or talking about one of her, uh, well, I think Carly Simon actually helped uh, popularize the uh, this idea of uh, writing songs about people with whom you've had a previous relationship. Uh, a la "You're So Vain," you probably think this song is about you, and now. Now every time with um, uh, this, and I'm, I don't want to say her name because you know she values her privacy. But every time she uh, ends a relationship, I'm told she usually writes a song about her uh, former partner, and then it becomes a hit. That's why. That's why I am choosing personally to keep my distance because I I don't want a song written about me. Well, the the, the rock songs uh, writers, uh, Carol King being one of them. Uh, Barry Mann and Cynthia Weil uh, were also big. Uh, they were craftsmen. They were like diamond polishers. I mean, they would come up with something and they would rewrite it and rewrite it and rewrite it uh, until it clicked, do the key changes and build and all that stuff. So uh, resolve things uh, to the end. Uh, these were, you know, in the tradition of Gershwin and... and uh, you know all the great songwriters. When when you don't have great songwriters, when when the and and, and of course Carol King was a songwriter before she became a performer. So th- that explains. Uh, you know she knew a bandwagon when she saw it. She got with James Taylor and she said, "Hey, this is this is going to be a new thing." First first record, by the way, her first album, Writer, which was a compilation of her old songs, did not it bombed. Uh, so it was uh, back to the drawing board with Tapestry. But, uh, you know, uh, I, for me personally, I, I occasionally I hear something that perks up my ears. Uh, musically, I actually think, believe it or not, I actually think the jingles, the ones that are, are written, not, not an old song turned into a commercial, but actually the, the interesting music that I hear is all in uh, all on commercials the, the the cleverness the keen grasp of the obvious the the chord changes I'll, I'll give you an idea which is a a, a good uh, musical commercial is the spectrum commercial that is an excellent oh yeah thing. actually that's a good point it's actually too good in my opinion and again nothing against the cable company obviously cable company will continue to reduce their uh number of journalists uh, as long as they can get away with it but you're right the music that i i've long said even i mean since spectrum took over and even when it was time warner the um people who do the uh, commercials for the cable company 
have a really good sense of appropriate music to use to um, to help really accentuate their selling message. I think the background music used in their radio and TV commercials is is superior. Well, they, that, that used to be a business unto itself, you know, uh, guys like Barry Mandel and stuff. They used to pay 50000 for a uh, thing. And I said once at a meeting, I said, well, with all the songs out there, I, I don't understand why, you know, you have to... Uh, have to uh, go to, uh, you know, uh, written commercials, uh, you know, specifically for the product. And lo and behold, about a year and a half later, Ford used uh, Tonight's the Night with Rod Stewart. That that opened up the floodgates uh, for popular songs to be used in commercials. Before, it would it would be beneath them, you know. You would never have a, a Bob Dylan or, or somebody like that uh, uh, use their music to peddle commercial proj- uh, products. That was just uh, not cool at all, you know. One of the sad things, though, for me is when a song that I've enjoyed using, say, is uh, a little a little bump on our program occasionally, then it suddenly winds up being foisted into um, the public spotlight again as a commercial, and that automatically means it's out as bump music because once once it starts to take on a, a life in the, the commercial sector, that, that really... It, it loses it loses its its effectiveness as a little bump on a talk show. Well, let me tell you something about rock music. It's drummer dependent. When the good drummers uh, go, uh, there is no no such thing as rock and roll. And rock and roll had great great drummers, whether uh, you know in bands or in the studio, you know, which was just a handful. Uh, that's that's the uh, meat and potatoes uh, of rock and roll, and, and without the great drummers, uh, you you have no rock and roll. Absolutely, absolutely, that is the truth. Thank you, John. It's nine fifty-six. Don't worry, we're just getting started here. The next two hours, you will learn many things. And we'll take many phone calls. I'm Bob Joseph, WNBF. Cashback is not available. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221EJ Binghamton. A town's. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF News. For today, partly sunny, then gradually becoming sunny, high near 81. Mostly clear tonight, low around 58. Wednesday will be partly sunny, then gradually becoming sunny, high near 84. Binghamton officials are keeping a wary eye on a property that's been the source of ongoing criminal activity in the West Side neighborhood. The apartment house at 34 North Street has been described as a trap house, a place where drugs are sold and used. In July, one man was stabbed and another was shot in separate incidences at the building. Over an eight-month period, city officials said there were at least ten other incidences involving police activity at the house. About three weeks ago, city attorneys firmly advised the property owners that the building was the source of criminal activity and neighborhood disturbances. The letter advised the owners to take action to correct the problem. In an email to WNBF News, Deputy Mayor Megan Hyman wrote, Attorneys for the property have responded, namely with plans to evict squatters at the property, and the 30-day clock is underway to monitor abatement of the public nuisance. City attorneys plan to go to court to have the property locked down if changes don't occur. 
Mayor Jerry Cram advised Conti that he had contacted the Southern Tier AIDS program. He said the agency agreed to visit the area and check for dirty needles and do some cleanup. He said the agency would also provide folks safe disposal methods in the short term as they clean up this property. On Monday, through the course of the investigation, New York State Police identified an individual as being in the area of the Moreau State Lake State Park around the time Charlotte Cena went missing. Further investigation led to the search of multiple residences where the individual is known to reside. Upon the search of those residences at approximately 6.32 p.m., state police located Charlotte safe and in good health. The suspect was taken into custody. This investigation is a culmination of multiple agencies working together for the common goal of bringing the child home to her family. New York State Police cannot emphasize enough how appreciative they are for the support received from Charlotte's community, friends, and family. This is still an active investigation. More details will be shared as they become available. A press briefing is to be planned for today. In Broome County Court, John Lamas, John Lamas of Binghamton was sentenced to seven years in New York State Prison after pleading guilty to felony attempted assault in the first degree, according to the Broome County District Attorney's Office. Lamas admitted that on October 20th, 2022, he cut a 61-year-old female with a knife during an argument, causing injury. Police responded to a report of an altercation at a residence on Leroy Street in the city of Binghamton. During an altercation, Lamas slashed the victim's face with a knife, causing a severe laceration that required stitches and further medical treatment. Lamas, who has no prior criminal history, will also serve five years post-release supervision. Renovation work is underway at a former CVS pharmacy building on Main Street in Johnson City. The Rhode Island-based company closed its store near Wilson Medical Center over a year ago. Crews recently started working to empty what was left in the vacant building and to make some infrastructure changes outside the structure. United Health Services will use the 10,000-square-foot building as the new location for its retail pharmacy near Wilson Medical Center. It will replace a much smaller nearby facility now operated at Wilson Square at 52 Harrison Street. UHS spokesperson Kerry Davis said the new retail and specialty pharmacy will be open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The new pharmacy will have a drive through pickup window and will be open to the public. The facility is expected to be used by UHS also as a vaccination center. It's expected to open early next year. Sam Bankman-Fried once promoted his FTX digital coin exchange as a safe way for regular people to get into cryptocurrency. Now he faces the start of a criminal trial over allegations that he cheated thousands of customers. Jury selection begins today in a case in which the 31-year-old crypto mongo faces the possibility of a long prison term if convicted. Prosecutors say he cheated thousands of people who deposited cryptocurrency on the FTX exchange by illegally diverting massive sums of their money for his personal use, including making risky trades at his cryptocurrency hedge fund. Bankman-Fried has acknowledged making mistakes while running FTX, but has insisted he had no criminal intent. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. 
This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. News Radio 1290 WNBF. Bob Joseph. Joseph Live, 607-772-1290. Well, apparently we missed it, and I accept responsibility. Donald Trump walked into the court again today, uh, today and uh, I'm told he made comments. <laughs> well, we... We didn't catch that. I, I guess I should have expected it. Of course he's going to make comments. Why doesn't he make comments? He does all the time, as he did yesterday. And we did carry um, a fair amount of Mr. Trump's live comments on our program uh, on Monday morning. But sadly, we missed it today. Uh, Mark Knoller, who once worked at CBS News, has uh, just tweeted Trump comments on the way into court again today and said the comments may be political, but they're of news value. He said Fox News carried his comments live, but CNN and MSNBC didn't. And Mark Knoller said that's bad news judgment. Eh. Eh. I don't know if it's bad news judgment. You don't necessarily have to cover someone live. I I suspect that the other cable networks will listen carefully to what Mr. Trump said and then the uh, the things that truly are newsworthy, then they'll play them if they haven't already. I don't know that you have to play the guy's comments live. Some people say don't do that kind of live coverage because sometimes if you just do live coverage like that, somebody, if they have a penchant for prevarication, they could just do live lies. So it might be, might actually be a public service to monitor what someone says if they're going into, <laughs> going into a trial where they're accused of fraud and, um, then listen carefully and play back the tape and then the stuff that's really newsworthy you then play it you don't have to delay it too much just uh, use some editorial judgment otherwise if you play everything live there's a possibility that someone who has difficulty telling the truth could wind up spewing falsehoods so that's 
It's one of those judgment calls. It's tough. It's tough to uh, decide what to cover live. For example, say if Kathy Hochul holds uh, a briefing this morning about a developing story, will we cover that live? Um, We might. We might. And one reason we might cover that live, A, it would be new information about a very important story, and B, there's every reason to believe what Kathy Hochul says during a live news conference is going to be accurate and true to the best of her knowledge, whereas for some people, you just never know. So, it's 1014 here at WNBF. Everybody is welcome to chime in if you haven't chimed in yet. You can chime in at 607-772-1290. Hi, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? First name is Scotty, calling from California, Bob. Hey there. I've been California dreaming. How are things out in my uh, favorite West Coast city? I mean, well, state. Favorite West Coast state? Uh, you know, we're going to have some high 80s this uh, coming weekend. It's going to be picture pretty. Postcard pretty. How's that? Yeah, that's okay. Favorite but uh, but our weather, our weather is almost as good. It's going to be in the 80s today and tomorrow and Thursday. So 81, 81 today, 84 tomorrow, 80 Thursday. So take that, take that, California. You go swimming in the Susquehanna and I'll go near the Golden Gate. Ew. <laughs> I think not. If I'm going to go swimming, well, I, you know, if I go swimming in the Susquehanna where I would go off Sandy Beach on the far right. east end of Binghamton because that's a far enough distance away from the um, from the sewage treatment plant, so that's that's upstream. So that I wouldn't say the water is pristine, but we'll just say it's probably probably a tad more delightful. You, you better uh, take a shower afterwards. <laughs> yes, that? I will. <laughs> I have to I have to go to the uh, at the new fire station. They have a decontamination section over at the new fire station on Court Street. I'll ask him if I can. Get myself decontaminated after spending three minutes in the majestic Susquehanna. What's on your mind? You know, I'm a little befuddled, Bob. I'm befuddled. So the former guy, he's going to trial for inflated assets, right? Wasn't that already taken care of in the Stormy Daniels? Wasn't it an inflated asset? <laughs> I don't know. You know, I'm, I I know a lot of our listeners are familiar with the mushroom industry, but I personally, I personally know very little about it, so I'm not in a position to comment. But yes, there have been there have been. Said you know, Stormy was like the asset wasn't that inflated. I don't know. I'm just yeah, saying. You know, I will say this. You know, in all fairness, who are we to judge? And and also, more importantly, <laughs> regarding that particular issue. Who wants to be the judge? I mean, there you go. It's yeah, like that's look, we hundred thirty thousand dollars. Forget that. I guess. Yeah, you know, and, and and you know, not to make light of a small situation, but it's, <laughs> let's be honest. Let's be honest. It's it's probably <laughs> the type of thing you're never going to be able to erase from your your mind. No, no poor Melania. A- anyhow, Bob, I got something about John Kelly. Do you hear what he said about uh, what the former guy was saying about our, you know, fallen 
soldiers and the amputees, like losers and suckers and good lord. Yeah, yeah. You know, but that didn't good surprise lord. me because look at the things he has said publicly about, oh, American heroes like Senator John McCain. So that sort of, that sort of comment, the disparagement that he's made, uh, against true American heroes is, uh, you know, precedes him, and, yeah. and sadly, I don't understand. There must be there must be some reason, something in his background that makes him feel the need to uh, criticize those who have served our nation honorably and with distinction and without bone spurs. I think he's probably. I was going to say, I think he's probably a little jealous because he had that was it a hangnail on his toe or was it well, who knows? And again, yeah. you know, I who am I to judge? I mean, I I'll be the first to acknowledge I I have not served in the military, so you know, if and, if you know, if if you want to be you would, be you true, call anybody who served losers. And no, absolutely not. Yeah. No, I have. You know I I hold I hold. The people who have served in our military, I hold them in very high esteem. Yeah. You know what? I think the only suckers I know are the ones who vote for that guy. Suckers, well, suckers you know, born we, every we, we could say, you know, perhaps, perhaps it's an indication that there are flaws in the public education system. I think generally uh, the public school system in places like New York, Pennsylvania, and California think public schools tend to be excellent, but in some states they do have difficulty uh, providing adequate levels of education, and therefore it's possible people just haven't learned uh, how to properly discern, how to tell the difference between yeah, someone who speaks right. the truth to someone who likes to lie. You know, uh, Marx Brothers movie, I think it was at the opera, and is like Ciccolini. Ciccolini was a character by Chico Marx in that movie. He's like, he told Margaret Dumont, are you going to believe your eyes or what I tell you? <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? It's like, look at what you see, or are you going to believe what I tell you? It's like, unbelievable. Unbelievable. But, you know, I think the best president ever, I'm going to say this, and you're going to get the haters out there, Barack Hussein Obama in my lifetime. Mm -mm -mm. You know, I tend to agree. I, although... I, I also am a, a fan of Jimmy Carter, who just oh, celebrated his 99th birthday. And Jimmy Carter, I mean, everybody would, might be inclined to disparage him because so uh, he is noted, among other things, as being a peanut farmer, but also a very intelligent nuclear engineer. Now, the one thing he did as president that I uh, always found a little curious, but it was probably appropriate under the circumstances, was showing up at the TMI nuclear reactor with yellow booties. But, you know, that probably, he probably knew more about radiation than almost anyone else in the oh, room. Yeah. So yeah. I think I think he was, even though you have to admit the imagery was somewhat shocking, he was probably the, the person who who used the greatest amount of common sense to pr protect himself from the hazardous levels of radiation at Three Mile Island in March 1979. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, no. Uh, you watched the, uh, I think it was American Experience on Jerry Brown? I did not. Oh, you should watch that. Jerry Brown, you know, my thing was, okay, I know Gavin Newsom promised uh, a woman of color to be the interim senator, but I always thought Jerry Brown could handle that for like a year and a couple mm -hmm. months, right? He, he was... I, I gave him credit for the work he did with Linda Ronstadt. So, um, <laughs> you know, he was talking climate change back in the seventies. Yeah, and, and some would disparage him, I believe, as Governor Moonbeam. 
Well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm not going to say anything. I'm no, not going to speak bad of the no, dead. No. no, no, you know, but no, you know, it, let's be honest about America's governors. Every state has had governors of whom we could be proud, and then, for example, we've had governors like, say, in New York, Nelson Rockefeller, who famously flipped off some college students at Broome County Airport with, uh, and that's when. Uh, Nelson Rockefeller actually was vice president. In the background of that picture, you see um, Rocky at the airport one afternoon, I think in 1976, using a um, really sad, primitive form of digital communication, flipping off these college students from SUNY Binghamton. And, eh, you know, you could say, well, that's probably not really dignified. On the other hand, you know, other states have had Governors. I mean, look at uh, who's the the kid now in Florida, Ron. Oh, what's it? The, him. The sanctimonious is one yeah. Of the what about the the governor in um, who's the governor of South Carolina? I can't think of her name. Um, well, she's ex governor, right? Oh, that's right. That's right. I'm sorry. I stand corrected. Also, um, Gavin Newsom. You know, I look. I look closely at his record, and I, I admit I'm somewhat confused. Who, oh, he's uh, he is going to debate, though, isn't he? Gavin Newsom is uh, going to do a debate. Going to debate DeSantis, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be interesting. <laughs> well, I'll yeah. watch. You know, I don't. You know, I'm not sure what the point will be, but I'll watch. Well, Gavin Newsom's no Jerry Brown. How is that? <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> no, few. I mean, few Jerry, people Jerry are. Brown was awesome. I love Jerry Brown. I voted well, twice for governor. And, yeah. The man, you know, he's, he was a forward thinker. He thought about climate change back in the mid-70s and wanted to get the electric. Oh, uh, the speaking of California, and, and we have yet to bring this up. Nobody has actually brought it up, is uh, the new senator. What, uh, what did you think about the, uh, the choice for the new senator? I, I never heard of her before. So well, I, I like Barbara Lee. I mean, I'm going to vote for Barbara Lee come next uh, November. Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting primary. But I, I, think, I think with the appointment announced by Governor Gavin Newsom, I think this will be the first U.S. senator named LaFonza. So yeah, I think you're right there. Yeah, I mean, I think that's great. Lafonza Butler. It rolls off you the know, tongue. Barbara Lee was the only person, the only con- person in the Congress to vote against sending troops to Afghanistan after 9/11. And boy, they call their anti-American this and that. And well, must be she knew something that the rest of them didn't know. Yeah, exactly. You know, she if she knew that enough common sense not to get involved over there, then she's got my vote come next November. Well, we live in interesting times. Thanks for the call from California. See, just going to prove that America's telecommunications system can work when it wants to. Not consistently, but when it wants to work, we were able to communicate like civilized human beings, even though we are nearly 3,000 miles apart. Good morning, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Warren Bush. Sydney, New York. Well, good morning. How are things in Sydney? Uh, not too bad, but I'm a little understand. Trying to figure out must be the Susquehanna water. You guys must be drinking too much out of it. I think Obama was one of the greatest presidents we ever had. That was an eight-year experiment that went bad. Trump, look at all the economy. Look at everything Trump did while he's in there, and you guys have the gall to sit there and, 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 and try to make fun of him. 
This is all a ploy by the Democrats. There's a two 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 tier uh, legal system, and it's got to stop in this country. Hillary, Obama, all of them guys, they all should be in jail. Obama ordered uh, espionage against Trump, secret intelligence, everything, and he got away with it. He went in office, and look what how much money he's got now. You're going to tell me this guy was straight? Come on, man. Well, of course he's going to make money. That's the point of being president. You go in or any national office. How many people... How many people, seriously, do you know who have served in Washington who don't emerge much wealthier than when they went in? But that's not supposed to be how the system works. I didn't say that's supposed to be how it works. That's how it works. No, I agree with you. The system shouldn't be. If anything, if you serve in Congress or if you serve as vice president or president, if you serve in the nation's capital in our government, you should not increase your wealth during that time. If anything, it, you should return home after serving a certain amount of time, whether it's eight years or 12 years, you return home and then you resume working for a living and then get wealthy that way. Don't get wealthy while you're in office. And we don't need term limits. We need ta- we need voters that are smart enough. If you get a guy in the office, he or she, and they haven't done anything in, I don't know, four or five uh, uh, their terms, vote them out. Don't just keep voting them in because they've been there. Vote them out. The taxpayers and the, the, the voters, our Constitution, our forefathers, gave us that right to vote. Vote and get rid of them. Well, that's the thing. We all have we all have the opportunity to decide if people earn another two years in Congress or four years as president or six years as a U.S. senator. Review their record. Don't automatically say, "Oh, I'm familiar with your name, and you send me these slick items three or four times a year that make you look." wonderful let's let's look at everyone's record regardless of party and then assess pretend they're actually an employee and you're the boss which actually is the truth you as a voter you're you're a boss of elected officials review their record and if after uh, they have served one term as they get close to uh, the next election Consider everything they've done, as well as things that they said they would do and didn't do, and then decide if they deserve another term. Will you show me any place, any place, any of the major cities, any place that the Democrats are in charge that they haven't, the places gone to hell? New York, Chicago, L.A. Los Angeles is great. There's nothing wrong with Los Angeles. Don't. Don't say something is wrong with the city of L.A. I love L.A. Oh, so you, it's all right to fix tents and, 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 and pee and poop all over the place in the middle of the street? That's San Francisco. That's San Francisco. Yeah, it's not Los Angeles. Oh, please. That's L.A. too because I have a cousin that's daughter 
lives out there and says it happens all the time. Well, it happens here in Binghamton, and our mayor is a Republican. So don't say that because people behave like that, it's reflective of the political party, of the mayor. You can't blame Mayor Cram or his predecessor, Mayor David, for aberrant behavior. There, there are some people. Get, I mean, get serious, man. There's some people who they they have problems, and they look. If you do that, let's be fair. You got a problem, and it's not it's not because of who's mayor, whether the mayor is Republican or Democrat. See, this is going right back to showing your liberal Democrat side, Bob. I have no, I have no Democrat side. I have no side. I have a side that the only side I have is a side of reality. For decades, I've been I've been observing the reality around Binghamton and New York State. So it has nothing to do with politics. It has everything to do with the problems that people have. And more often than not, the problems and challenges individual people are facing are not the fault of the elected officials. Are they are they pitching tents in, in the middle of Binghamton on Court Street? No. Well, are they pitching tents in the middle of Fifth Avenue? No, because they're afraid some guy who's now in town will come out with a gun and shoot people. So, you know, just because some guy brags that he could shoot someone on Fifth Avenue and his loyalist would think he's just fine, obviously people aren't going to pitch tents on Fifth Avenue. That could be risky. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Look at the economy under him. Look at the economy we have now. And I'm going to tell you something. The, the rest of the world, the leaders, they were afraid of Trump because he was not a politician. He was more like. He was more like a real estate developer who had a penchant for enriching himself and his family. Well, there again. Didn't he do it legally? That's what we're going to find out. That's one of the issues at trial right now. Over the next three months, we'll find out. After all the evidence has been presented, the judge will weigh all the evidence, listen to the testimony of Mr. Trump, uh, the testimony of Don Jr., the testimony of Eric. I don't know whether Ivanka will testify. She may. The judge will weigh all the testimony, and then the judge who is impartial, will decide whether Donald Trump is guilty. Are we going to do the same? Are we going to do the same thing with Mr. Biden and Hunter? Well, with Mr. Biden, hard to say. Mr. Biden hasn't been indicted yet. I mean, President Biden, Joe Biden. Unfortunately for Hunter, it seems to me that uh, he may he may have filled out a form wrong about uh Possessing a gun or wanting to get a gun while he was still using drugs. By the way, speaking of Hunter, the flash just in, he has uh, just made his appearance in court, I believe in Delaware, and he has pled not guilty to all charges. Of course, they all plead guilty, not guilty. They all do that. Right, even Donald Trump. So I, I'm, I'm just relaying the news. I didn't say I was surprised. It'd be shocking if Hunter Biden showed up for his court appearance and pleaded guilty. First of all, if he entered a guilty plea, the judge would not accept it. If it, 35 minutes after he took the oath, 
when he got inaugurated in, do you, they were after him. They were trying to impeach him. I know. That's what I said. Even even before Joe Biden took the oath, I think uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, a week before he was sworn in on January 20th, 2021, it was Marjorie Taylor Greene who I think already said she was planning to work for his impeachment. I'm talking, you, you always diverted back to, that shows how much you were a liberal and Democrat. You always go favor the Democrat side. You always- Wait, you're, you're accusing me of being a Democrat because I can remember these things? No, but, but you don't, for, you don't remember what the Democrats have done. I remember it well. You already said it. I just wanted to point out there are other things that have happened too. I didn't say I forgot. I added to the record so other people listening might realize that it's not just the Democrats who do things like that. The Republicans do it too. For years and years and years, one thing you Donald Trump did, for years and years and years, like George Bush, the son, he sat back and he took it. He took it, got hammered, got hammered, got hammered. Never fought back. Donald Trump was the first Republican president, and in my opinion, one of the best presidents we had in over 100 years. I know my stocks and bonds. I know everything I had were, were through the roof under Trump. But he taught us how to fight back. You cannot lay back and fight and not fight. You have to fight back. All right. Well, he does every time. Every time he has a chance. Every time there's an open mic. He fights back. He's proven that. He's proven that. Over the last five or six decades. It's 1036 at News Radio WNBF. I will not, I will not dispute the record of him fighting back. I think he's been fighting back ever since he could speak. So yes, he has a well-documented record of fighting back. But his record also clearly shows he isn't always successful. 607-772-1290. I'm Bob Joseph. Phone lines are open on a Tuesday morning. You're listening to News Radio WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and streaming at WNBF.com. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Reserve your new Toyota at Galt Toyota. It's obvious.
WNBF Live at 10.39. James in Binghamton, you're on the air. Hey, hey, just a quick reminder, because you said a couple things came up that since we're recollecting things that happen in certain order, uh, I, I don't believe, even though, yes, a lot of the Democrats seem to be looking for a, a silver bullet for Trump early on. Uh, I didn't hear the impeachment word pop up until Binghamton graduates' own uh, Vindman uh, correctly identified an attempt to strong arm uh, the Ukrainian government into opposition research on his political opponents. So that's one. And two, earlier you brought up the old joke phrase, uh, who are you going to believe, me, me or your lion eyes? And uh, I believe it was like almost immediately that Trump sent – uh, spicy out there on that loyalty test to say you what you saw with like the very the low attendance at inauguration wasn't what you saw. Here's pictures of what it really was, but it was really from Obama's. So I thought that that was an interesting thing to, to remember. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you, James. Stand 40 WNBF. I had forgotten about uh, a couple of those things, especially and and importantly, Alexander Vindman. Yes, a Binghamton University graduate. Isn't it interesting how everything important in the world, including those insurance commercials, can be linked to Binghamton University? So, yes, Alexander Vindman, who was a key impeachment witness, you know, that was that was big. It was, as they say in the car business, big. So, thank you. It's good to keep in mind. But having said that, if Donald Trump shows up here in Binghamton uh, over the next month, I'll uh, buy him a speedy sub and a small coffee. DJ in Binghamton, good morning. You're on the air. Good, beautiful morning this morning, Bob. Hey, you know, my soul rejoices when I woke up and found out that excellent, couldn't be better news that Little Charlotte was found. You know, the, the word, the name Charlotte has such a special meaning to me because my favorite aunt is named Charlotte. Not too long ago, when Rich David was watching his new building get built, I put the phone up to him and he talked to her on speakerphone. And we grew up on Charlotte Street. But anyway, I got an idea and I looked it up and I wanted to tell you so that everybody knows and please everybody listening, tell your children, grandchildren, nieces, nephews, everybody. There's, there are available, some people probably know, maybe, um, what the web calls air tags, GPS devices in a little necklace. They're as low as eight ninety nine, and they put the necklace on, and you always know where they are. Why don't they just embed them when the kid is uh, born down at the hospital there on Riverside Drive or over there on Harrison Street or wherever the kid is born before they release the kid out to the world? Why don't they just uh, implant one of those things in uh, every kid starting today at noon, and that way we can always keep track of where uh, people are. You always like to make a show and make it light. I understand, but don't make light of it. Listen, no, I'm. Hey, those things. First of all, those things aren't secret, and secondly, those things that technology can be misused. So, no, I mean, I'm certainly for parents. You know, and some parents uh, also keep track of their kids using apps in their phone, so you can know. Now, obviously, not all nine-year-old kids have phones, but a lot do. So I, I don't know. Yeah, you, there are different ways to keep track of your kids. They're not kids. They're, they're children. Kids are goats. Bob. All right. If a kid goes missing 
or a child, then it's a serious thing. And yes, most parents who are over the age of 20 know that there are ways to track their children. And also, may I throw this in, if, I, if, if they give me the grace to say one more thing. Check your car, your automobile, your motorcycle, your house. They have a wand available at Best Buy for like 40 bucks. You wave it over and it catches if people planted uh, uh, those GPS devices. It's either a little box or the size of a quarter. I found that out recently. Why would people want to keep track of who knows? Crazy people anywhere around you. Get one of those bad boys because that, that you'd be surprised. It's, people are just, this. the world is, I don't know, they have too much time on their hands or whatever, but. Yeah, there's not too much time on their hands. It's too much technology that can be used for nefarious reasons. Right, that too. Well, listen, parents, grandparents, everybody, get that for your little child, a necklace, and they put it on. And that would have, you know, that would have been great. But we live and we learn. I'm just happy she's alive. Isn't that great news? That's the best news. Plus the sunshine in the Binghamton, sunny Binghamton, right? That's why they call it. That's why we Uh, have the best university in America, sunny Binghamton. Uh, what's up with Hunter? Did I, did I hear he got another another gun charge? No, I think it's the same old thing. His, I believe uh, his deal fell through, his purported deal, some sort of crazy scheme to avoid responsibility. Fortunately, I, I guess the judge waved off the deal. I don't think this is a new charge. I think it's uh, part of a previous charge or maybe, I don't know if the original charge was dismissed. I, I don't think this is new. I think it still stems from allegedly lying on a form about apparently and i don't know this because since i don't use guns or drugs apparently if you buy guns you're not supposed to be using drugs or something or if you use drugs you're not supposed to be buying guns and i believe uh, hunter biden allegedly um misstated the facts on a government form well, I would say, Hunter, God allows U-turns. Turn to your creator. I'm, if anybody knows me, they know. Uh, they know. God allows U-turns. Well, you know, I'm, I'm sure he'll do well. But you know what? I think Hunter Biden needs the support of every American, including Republicans. Why can't they support the guy? That's right. And you know, and, and the other thing is, he. I think he's suing America's mayor. I think he uh, announced a lawsuit against Rudy Giuliani for releasing his personal information. That's just more stress. Yeah, I mean, that's... Isn't that sad? Isn't it sad that Rudy Giuliani or someone, someone released Hunter Biden's personal information? Who? Who would do that? And also, why would the New York Post be printing that stuff on their front page? It's 1046... At News Radio WNBF coming up later today. More talk, more opinions with Dan Bongino from noon to three, Sean Hannity from three to six, and Mark Levin from six to nine. Ninety-two point one FM, twelve ninety AM. Streaming at WNBF.com. Alrighty, 1049 WNBF. 
Well, that definitely wasn't Carol King. Well, Kevin McCarthy, desperately trying to cling to his leadership post in the House of Representatives. And uh, we'll see what happens. He definitely will need some support from the Dems. Maybe he can work out a deal with Hakeem Jeffries. And perhaps, perhaps Kevin McCarthy can stay on as the Speaker of the House. On the other hand, Matt Gates wants to derail any hopes that Kevin McCarthy has of retaining his leadership position. Let's listen, shall we, to what Kevin McCarthy had to say just moments ago. You guys just never leave. It's like the Hotel California. You can check out anytime you like. You can just never leave. I'm from California. Um, we just Making a, really a reference to Hotel California. We're Come what on. We're going to take on the floor. We got our appropriation bills up. I'm going to bring up the motion to vacate today. We'll do it in the first series and uh, move through this. What is your decision? Will you still be Speaker of the House by the end of tonight? You know, if, if I counted how many times someone wanted to knock me out, I would have been gone a long time ago. Yes. Can you explain a little bit about why do it today? I mean, the idea that you why not? Rip, the, rip the mandate off here or what? Well, why not? You know, um, Look, I think Matt has planned this all along. It didn't matter what we transpired. You know, he would have done it if we were in shutdown or not. Um, I firmly believe it's the right decision to keep government open, to make sure our military is still paid, our border agents are still paid. And if that makes a challenge based upon whether I should be speaker, I'll take that fight. So you're calling his bluff? Yeah. <laughs> calling his bluff, he said. Well, I have to talk to Jeffries about a lot of things. We we, we talk every uh Every week. We talk sometimes during the week. We've got some issues going on. The Bowman, I want, I always try to let him know what's going to be coming to the floor and others. Uh, my, my only conversation with Jeffries, I got a lot of respect for him. You know, you guys do whatever you need to do. Um, I get politics. I understand where people are. I truly believe, though, the institution of the House. At the end of the day, if you throw a speaker out that has 99% of their conference, that kept government open and paid the troops, I think we're in a really bad place for how we're going to run Congress. There you go. Kevin McCarthy. He sounds almost like a, a statesperson. Hmm. Kevin McCarthy, who acknowledges he's working with Binghamton's Hakeem Jeffries. You know, Hakeem Jeffries, Binghamton University graduate. So who knows? Maybe they'll come to some sort of agreement, some sort of understanding, so things will go better in the House of Representatives than they had have in recent months. So perhaps there could be a silver lining with the stunt that we see playing out by Matt Gates. As Kevin McCarthy suggested, Matt Gates was going to do this anyway, regardless of the circumstances. This has been part of the dream that Matt Gates has had. And he's getting his 15 seconds of fame right now here on WNBF. Clearly somebody's been lied to because we heard the president come out and say there was a deal with the speaker on Ukraine and the speaker just stood up in front of all of us and said... Well, there, there you go. It wasn't 15 seconds of fame. It was eight seconds of fame. But still, that was Matt Gates, And we'll see in the end. We'll see if Matt Gates can navigate away to oust House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. Or if Democrats 
under the leadership of Hakeem Jeffries, a Binghamton University graduate, will be able to work out some sort of deal that could actually get the government moving in a productive fashion. Perhaps so we don't wind up with another threat of shutting down the government a few days before Thanksgiving. Let's face it, that's the last thing we need in mid-November as we're getting set for Thanksgiving and all the fine holidays that happen at the end of the year. You don't want to hear somebody blabbering on talk show, talk radio, or cable news about, oh, the government's going to shut down again. Who wants to hear that? That sounds like something you'd hear in some sort of fourth world country. Uh, government in Blipovia is going to shut down. This is not Blipovia. This is the United States of America. We don't shut down anymore. Haven't we learned our lessons? Painful lessons? Shutting down the government? Nothing's accomplished. It's Bob Joseph wanting America to keep running always on WNBF. Every time they say these things, arr, 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 you know? If tomorrow all the things were gone, I'd work for all my life. And I had to start again with just my children and my wife. I thank my lucky stars to be living here today. Cause the flag still stands for freedom. And they can't take that away And I'm proud to be an American Where at least I know I'm free And I won't forget the men who died Who gave that fight to me And I'd gladly stand up next to you And defend her still today Cause there ain't no doubt I'm Bob Joseph, American, on WNBF, Binghamton, New York, USA. Now, the forecast, of course, from the National Weather Service, part of the USA government. Here it is, sunny today, 81, mainly clear tonight with patchy fog, 58. Tomorrow, starting off partly sunny, gradually becoming sunny, 84. And summer continues on Thursday, mostly sunny 80. Right now it's 63 Fahrenheit, that's 17 Celsius. At WNBF, air quality is simply good. Almost, almost going to moderate. It's 47 right now. If it goes above 50, the AQI, air quality index, that'd be moderate. But right now, uh, air in Binghamton appears to be breathable. Another hour coming up. Don't touch that dial. This is Bob Joseph, live on News Radio, WNBF 92.1 FM and 1290 AM. Did the kids? Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media station. Where news breaks first. 
News Radio 1290 WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. For today, partly sunny, then gradually becoming sunny, high near 81. Mostly clear tonight, low around 58. Wednesday will be partly sunny, then gradually becoming sunny, high near 84. Binghamton officials are keeping a wary eye on a property that's been the source of ongoing criminal activity in the West Side neighborhood. The apartment house at 34 North Street has been described as a trap house, a place where drugs are sold and used. In July, one man was stabbed and another was shot in separate incidences at the building. Over an eight-month period, city officials said there were at least ten other instances involving police activity at the house. About three weeks ago, city attorneys firmly advised the property owners that the building was the source of criminal activity and neighborhood disturbances. The letter advised the owners to take action to correct the problem. In an email to WNBF News, Deputy Mayor Megan Hyman wrote, Attorneys for the property have responded, namely with plans to evict squatters at the property. And the 30-day clock is underway to monitor abatement of the public nuisance. City attorneys plan to go to court to have the property locked down if changes don't occur. Mayor Jerry Cram advised Conti that he had contacted the Southern Tier AIDS program. He said the agency agreed to visit the area and check for dirty needles and do some cleanup. He said the agency would also provide folks safe disposal methods in the short term as they clean up this property. On Monday, through the course of the investigation, New York State Police identified an individual as being in the area of the Moreau State Lake State Park around the time Charlotte Cena went missing. Further investigation led to the search of multiple residences where the individual is known to reside. Upon the search of those residences at approximately 6.32 p.m., state police located Charlotte safe and in good health. The suspect was taken into custody. This investigation is a culmination of multiple agencies working together for the common goal of bringing the child home to her family. New York State Police cannot emphasize enough how appreciative they are for the support received from Charlotte's community, friends, and family. This is still an active investigation. More details will be shared as they become available. A press briefing is to be planned for today. In Broome County Court, John Lamas, John Lamas of Binghamton was sentenced to seven years in New York State Prison after pleading guilty to felony attempted assault in the first degree, according to the Broome County District Attorney's Office. Lamas admitted that on October 20th, 2022, he cut a 61-year-old female with a knife during an argument, causing injury. Police responded to a report of an altercation at a residence on Leroy Street in the city of Binghamton. During an altercation, Lamas slashed the victim's face with a knife, causing a severe laceration that required stitches and further medical treatment. Lamas, who has no prior criminal history, will also serve five years post-release supervision. Renovation work is underway at a former CVS pharmacy building on Main Street in Johnson City. The Rhode Island-based company closed its store near Wilson Medical Center over a year ago. Crews recently started working to empty what was left in the vacant building and to make some infrastructure changes outside the structure. United Health Services will use the 10,000-square-foot building as the new location for its retail pharmacy near Wilson Medical Center. 
It will replace a much smaller nearby facility now operated at Wilson Square at 52 Harrison Street. UHS spokesperson Kerry Davis said the new retail and specialty pharmacy will be open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The new pharmacy will have a drive-through pickup window and will be open to the public. The facility is expected to be used by UHS also as a vaccination center. It's expected to open early next year. Sam Bankman Freed once promoted his FTX Digital Coin Exchange as a safe way for regular people to get into cryptocurrency. Now he faces the start of a criminal trial over allegations that he cheated thousands of customers. Jury selection begins today in a case in which the 31-year-old crypto mongo faces the possibility of a long prison term if convicted. Prosecutors say he cheated thousands of people who deposited cryptocurrency on the FTX exchange by illegally diverting massive sums of their money for his personal use, including making risky trades at his cryptocurrency hedge fund. Bankman Freed has acknowledged making mistakes while running FTX, but has insisted he had no criminal intent. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. We're still saving the Southern Tier money at Galt Toyota. I'm Bob Joseph. Another big hour right now on WNBF. Keep on griping, baby. 607-772-1290. What do you think? What do you really think? Let us know. We're here until noon. Noon. Yes, it's unfair that he doesn't have a jury. Well, if you want a jury trial, you ask for one. It's your right to have a jury trial. But if you don't ask for a jury trial and then you start complaining about the matter after... The judge has started your non-jury trial. Well, it's not the judge's fault. Donald Trump said, I think it's very unfair I don't have a jury. Well, maybe it is. It's not my fault. As reported, he has no jury in his trial because his lawyers elected not to have a jury. So, take it up with your lawyers. Everyone is entitled to trial by jury. <laughs> but if if you don't make the request and then on the day that the trial starts, the non-jury trial starts with the judge who you've already excoriated publicly, well, you know, don't 
don't look to me for for hope in this. It's I think most attorneys would say if you want a jury trial, make sure that you tell your team, your legal team, say the most important thing going forward, I'm paying you a substantial amount of money to represent me on these serious charges. Most important thing is I want a jury. I want to be judged by my peers. And then your attorneys, if they're on the ball, will make note of that. And then for any of the forms that have to be filled out, well, any of the forms that have to be filled out, they fill out the form and the part where you check the box, they'll put, yeah, we want a jury trial. Yeah, that's that's what we want. That's... I'm told how it works. I Sadly, I can't speak from experience, but from what I'm told, if you request a jury trial, then you'll get one. If you don't request one, then a judge will hear the trial. And as we've seen in some high-profile cases, even around here, sometimes a non-jury trial, a jury where the judge will ultimately hear the facts and the evidence, and then the judge will consider all that, sometimes it actually does work out okay for a defendant. So you're, only you and your attorneys can make that decision if you want trial by jury. But one of the key things is you have to let them know. If you let them know you want trial by jury, then they'll send out cards and get a bunch of people in there so they could be um, prospective jurors. Otherwise, they're going to go forward and, and the judge will handle the proceedings. Judge Arthur Angren. Well, as uh, you know by now, Donald Trump is back in that Manhattan courtroom. So Fifth Avenue is safe at the moment. The civil trial against him and his company, New York State Attorney General Letitia James and her team are seeking $250 million in damages. They accuse Trump of inflating some of his assets in order to get favorable loans and an easier tax burden. Before heading into the courtroom this morning, Trump blasted the proceedings and the Attorney General. Yes. <laughs> Cue the talent. Wait, we have no talent. We've gone to AI. Uh, Trump blasted the proceedings and the Attorney General. He's been given false information, misleading information, and corrupt information by a very corrupt and incompetent Attorney General. Yes. And so his contentions are, believe it or not, that the numbers are, fraying, uh, the numbers are fake, and furthermore, he's totally unimpressed by Tish James. Her numbers are fraudulent. She's a fraud. Her numbers are fraudulent. And this case should be dismissed. Sounds like it was recorded in the Port Authority bus terminal instead of the courthouse. Anyway, nothing you can do about mic placement. You can spend $39 for AI, but that doesn't help mic placement. If you don't know how to place the microphone by now, there's no hope. 
And that's the sound you'll get. It's 1116 at News Radio. WNBF will continue to follow the latest in the judicial proceedings facing Donald Trump and his Trump organization. Ultimately, over the next few months, we'll hear more evidence, more information. And he also, I believe, will have the opportunity to testify during his trial. 607-772-1290. Tuesday morning live. Bob Joseph at WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM. And streaming at WNBF.com. WNBF, your quiet islands. At 11.20, we go back to the phones. Joan from Binghamton, you're on the air. Oh, I may be on the air, but I'm really confused. Jay, join the crowd. Join you know, the we're, crowd. we're the confused crowd. You and me and yeah, 330 well, million others. Yeah, you know, like... If, if you go out to get a loan and the judge, from what I hear anyway, said they're using the uh, tax, uh, you know, like for your for your uh, school tax, you know, they come out and evaluate your property and say it's worth uh, $100,000. And uh, say um, I go out and sell it for 200000 does that mean they're going to put me in jail? Because obviously I ripped the person off, right? Well, I will say this without fear of contradiction. They will not put you in jail. Uh, you can't say that. No, I can't say that. I will tell you this. I will pay you $100 if they put you in jail for that. That's not going to cover the lawyers. I didn't say it's going to cover the lawyers, but at least it's $100 that you don't have now. So if they put you in jail for doing something like that, which, by the way, parenthetically, I don't think you would do. But say if you go ahead and do that and know that you're misleading the people that you're trying to borrow money from, you, you should know better. But I still, if they put you in jail, which shown they won't, I will give you $100 cash. No, it's, it's the banks sent out their own people, well, not their own people, apparently they hire people to go out and assess things. And apparently the bank and Trump came to an agreement on how much collateral was there. So in other words, and the banks haven't sued them. They, they're happy with what happened with them. They're, 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 they got their money. Well, maybe they just figure it's not in their best interest 
to go down this rabbit hole. Why would they spend thousands of dollars to sue a guy for lying to them about the value of his property? If if he ultimately paid back all the money, even if you know they're they're not happy that he misled them, there's no point at this point. They got their money. They're not going to blow thousands of dollars. They're content to allow Tish James to prove a point. That you have to start being honest at some at some juncture in New York State business, you got to start being honest. Hold on. They they hired appraisers. They should sue the appraisers, not Donald Trump, because they came to an agreement based on the appraisers that they hired. So they should sue the the appraisers, not uh, Donald Trump. I mean, I have a diamond ring, ring or, or whatever gets used for collateral. They're going to investigate. You know, I mean, the bank is... The bank's not going to take my word. They never take your word on anything. Are you telling me that banks take your word on how much something is worth? They don't do that. They send out their guys because it's it's in their best interest to know what kind of deal. And they're deal makers. Let's face it. They're loan people. That's their business. They know what they're doing. So they agree to everything. They haven't filed anything against Donald Trump. No. Well, maybe they just didn't know that he might be misleading them. Did you ever think oh, of that? But that's their business to know. Just but like maybe they trusted business. him. Did you ever think that because he was so well-known in Queens that maybe they, they cut him a break? Because of his child. reputation, because of his reputation as being an honest broker, they probably figured he would never lie to them. Uh, yeah, boy, you, you just made, you just slopped everything in your face. I mean, you, you that kind of argument, people are going to think, not think very much of you. Let's face it. Well, they already don't. <laughs> what difference <laughs> at this point does it make? Oh, uh, well, it, it makes a lot of difference because, you know, basically, you know, uh, what people, you're, you're a talk show host. You should at least have some kind of idea of how the world works. And I have no idea. I don't have an I, idea of Joan, how the world works. Joan, you've, you've heard the program long enough. You know I'm clueless. Uh, okay, you said it. You said it. You just admitted to everything. So next time when somebody calls, you're going to have to tell them you're clueless. I already did. I'm not going to repeat myself. <laughs> I I believe, I think... My record speaks for itself. Anybody who listens to the program, and the program's now been on, I think, for, oh my goodness, over 12 years. I think this program and my record speaks for itself. Have you ever borrowed money? I mean, even to get a credit card. Yes. They're going to investigate you. Yes. But you know what? Here's the difference between me and and the uh, uh, allegations that have been brought against uh, client number one. Uh when I submitted paperwork seeking money, borrowing, as most Americans do, all of my information was 100% accurate. And I signed several pieces of paper attesting to the accuracy of well, of the information I submitted. What if they say it wasn't accurate? What if they say... They know, could say you- that. You know what? But they never did. And they never had re- any reason, either... Either the people who made the loans and and also the state and federal governments never had reason to doubt my veracity. 
Well, that's just because you don't have a big enough profile and you don't have a target on your back right now. But you may at some time have a target on your back. Well, that sounds like a threat. Well, not from me, but from I'm talking about the government. At some time, you may have a target on your back. They may say, you know, that show there, you know, they're getting a little bit, you know, uh, uh, into things where they really shouldn't get into them. So, you know, I mean, pressure can be applied. They can take you to court or they can just uh, do it by a back door and who knows what. Talk to your boss or something. I don't know. I'm sure it's been done before. You're telling me all these bank loans and all that, every one of them is going to have to go under scrutiny. In other words, the state now should pull every loan that these banks that he bought from or, or loaned from, should they should check out every one of those loans and make sure there's no discrepancy. Because if it's good for Donald Trump, it's good for everybody else. Oh, I, I do not agree with that. No, I I think... People who have engaged in high-profile transactions where there is a belief that um, fraud has has uh, been committed, I, I say Tish James, she better release her investigators. If she finds any other similar cases, regardless of party affiliation, I would encourage the Attorney General's office to scrutinize those cases very closely. Because if fraud is being committed, I think it needs to be punished to the fullest extent of the law. Okay, well, then you agree with me. And there you go. And, and, and by the way, so since we're in agreement, here's another thing both of us can agree on. We are in no jeopardy. But I will say other people who may be pe- playing fast and loose with the truth when it comes to major transactions, if Tish James wants to be fair... She should scrutinize all those high-profile cases. Again, cases, most of the real estate transactions and other business transactions that occur in Broome County are not even going to come close to meeting the threshold where Tish James and her investigators need to pay attention. It's only the very biggest deals. And remember, the guy even wrote a book, Art of the Deal. I didn't read it, and I have no intention of reading it, but I wouldn't be surprised he made some sort of reference in in the book to stuff like this. It seems like the type of thing he would do. Yes, but it was agreement between the bank and him. The bank made their money. They did not uh, complain that they were ripped off. They, they, you know, if I loan you ten bucks, oh, you're going to give me a hundred bucks. You know that that right there, somebody could say that's illegal. Uh, you know, a radio host uh, bribing a caller to uh, do something, you know, and uh, with certain consequences, except, you know, I mean, anybody can make anything out of, if you don't have the laws for everybody, you're going to end up getting, well, getting screwed. <laughs> Let's face it. That well, they don't I, I'm, not, I'm not sure that he's upset by that. Oh, I think he's upset by being treated differently than everybody else. And I, also- I think I think he expects this kind of treatment because after all the years that in his basically all the years of his adult life, he has wanted to be treated differently than you or I. He has he's craved the spotlight. He counts the number of times his name appears on the front page of the New York Times, even though he might publicly 
despise the paper. He loves the limelight. This is exactly he and the truth be told, and he won't likely tell the truth, at least during the trial. But if the truth be told, he loves that he's on trial. He loves that every time he goes into the courthouse, that America and the world wants to hear everything he says. He's well, enjoying I'm sure, this. I'm sure that every time I disagree with you, you love it, too. But, you know, let's face it, guys, you know, you, you got to realize Mar-a-Lago is in Florida. Okay, so this become more popular. And the judge said, what, it was eight, worth $18 million? It's 17 acres on the beach, on the shore, ocean shore, and on intercoastal uh, area, waterway. So it has water in the front of the property, which is the ocean, and whatever type of lake or canal or whatever at the back of the property. This is 17 acres. The property value is probably something in, oh, what, 500, 600 million. I mean, just such a discrepancy between the assessed value, even just the land value. Just think Florida, 17 acres on the ocean and on and having a waterway in the back, a lake or whatever in the back. And that's not even building anything on it. You know, this is just so irrational. I just, it, you know, you know, I mean, 18 million. What, what, how about these buildings up here were two, three, four million for for a vacant building that's falling down or for, hey, say, maybe for the uh, Binghamton Plaza, you know, uh, half a million or whatever it's been estimated at, you know, two million, four million. And you're telling me that a property like that in Florida is only worth $18 million with uh, probably a, a $200, $200 million building on it, let alone the property value. Well, if everything you say is true, then he doesn't have a darn thing to worry about. Yes, he does. He has a crooked judge to worry about. Oh, please. That judge is as honest as the day is long. And he told everybody that for to get elected, he was going to go after Donald Trump. So that's as honest as, as, as the day is long. I never heard the judge first. The oh, judge, yeah, yeah. In order to it, be elected, he that was part of his election. Well, I never heard that. Yeah, I well, never heard that look, that the judge. It well, it's, it's there. I'm I'm sure he misspoke. If oh, if he said that, I can't like, believe for a minute that he would say something. <laughs> that's that's pretty low. It's like Hunter didn't didn't realize that uh, you know signing his name to never having used drugs or not using drugs when he's buying the. Uh, but that's bank. different. He was under the influence of drugs. Oh, and that's probably going to be his defense. And he might, that actually might fly because you tell that to a jury, and most people on a jury who've used drugs or even alcohol to excess will say, you know, you got a point there. I mean, strange, strange as it is, you got a point. Sometimes when you're under the influence of substances, you actually, actually make bad choices. And it's not criminal. You you really believe that you can use any kind of excuse to get out of a problem? Hey, you run it up a flagpole. You never know with a jury. All you need is to convince one juror. This is why Donald Trump and his attorneys should have requested a jury trial. That's That was their right, and they blew it. They didn't know they were going to get Oh, <laughs> they didn't know. Hey, look, 
It's New York State and New York City in particular. What did they expect? What, Joan, let's, you and I, just for a moment, let's, let's be blunt. If you're in New York City and you're jammed up, and you're a Republican former president who already has repeatedly been disgraced, and you know the proclivities of many of the judges in Manhattan, you would, of course, want, you would desperately hope for a jury trial. That's your only hope, probably. Now, that's what I would have done. I would have said, Please, I want a jury trial. That's my right. I don't want to take my chances on getting a judge who may have listened to the program and may not like me. Well, I mean, that that's why all the people are leaving New York State with their money and their everything, you know, selling off whatever they have and moving to Florida or Texas because this is such a great place to live. It is a great place to live. And the people, and I, I commend... I commend those people who have made the difficult decision to leave New York because they don't like it. I commend them for making that decision. I happen to love New York, and I'll stay. But for all of those who are disenchanted or disgruntled, I wish them the very best wherever they go. If they go to Florida or South Carolina or Tennessee or even Mississippi, I wish you the best. I hope you find happiness. And I encourage people, and this, this is true. And I, I say this without reservation. I encourage everyone who is unhappy living in New York State to leave as soon as possible. Leave as soon as possible and go find happiness someplace else. Millennials are leaving. Okay. I Hey, I'm not going to convince them. I said I love New York. I plan to stay here. Now, if millennials want to leave... I wish them the best. Maybe they'll find happiness in Georgia. Maybe they'll find happiness in Wyoming. I hope they do. In the meantime, if you don't like New York, leave as soon as possible. You don't want them to leave because that's where, you know, they're making money and paying taxes, etc. I don't want them to leave, but if they're unhappy, I want them to find eternal happiness. And if they believe by staying in New York State, happiness will be elusive, then leave. Somehow we'll have to make up for the money that we lose when they leave to go find happiness in New Jersey. Now we'll get we'll get many people being. That was the other thing about the. Um, what was that about that? Um, uh, to get a passport, you're going to have to wait eight to ten weeks or or longer. I I just heard the end of it somehow. Yeah, I I only heard the end of it too, and I I too was disturbed by that. I'm thinking, so, how hard can it be to process a passport application? That seems pretty simple. Yeah. Okay, that because I've I've filled out a passport application. The information isn't that uh, difficult. You fill it out. You send in your official picture. And my guess is, if their computers are working, first they run a check just to verify the information's accurate. So that takes about three milliseconds or less. Take a look at the picture and say, yeah, ugly-looking talk show host, but what are you going to do? There's no fixing that. And uh, then they, uh, you know, they, they print either accepted or rejected. How long can it possibly take to actually process the average passport application. Now, there might be a few 
that require a little additional scrutiny. But I would think you can process more than 95 percent in a matter of minutes. So, you know, just hire the people you need and get it done or yeah. or, or farm it out to private enterprise. Okay. And, and because I, I, private I, contractors. On, on. Let me get two words in edgewise here. OK, you got people you tell them eight to ten weeks to get out of the country. And what? Uh, uh, ten minutes to get into the country? And they don't investigate who they are? What, what does one... Wait a second, Joan. What does one have to do with the other? It, they're totally unrelated. Passport, the people who process passports have nothing to do with the border. So this is America. Everything is compartmentalized. So don't don't think because we have problems at the border that has anything to do with it taking eight to ten weeks to process a passport application. Sure it does. It's, it's, it's showing where, where they're spending the money. I know. Okay, yes, it shows where they're spending the money. I agree. They ought to spend more money to beef up the passport office. Look, in this day and age of computers, you should be able to file your... Um, passport application online with your picture and you should be able to have it processed in 12 hours or less. The technology exists. Hire the people you need. I agree with you. Hire enough people so passport applications can be expedited. We don't want to let criminals out, but we want to let criminals in. No, we don't. Again, one doesn't have anything to do with the other. I already said spend more money to beef up the passport office so we can have near near instantaneous passports being issued. So why don't they call up, um, who is the kid who runs the Amazon? Jeff Bezos. Call up Jeff Bezos and say, hey, Jeff Bezos, we want you to deliver all new passports overnight on your Bezos mobiles. And then, so I can send in, well, I don't have to send in, my passport's already process so it's not not a current issue so somebody who doesn't have a passport yet can send in their application or email it down to passport.gov get it approved and then by noon tomorrow have it delivered to their home yeah well again so it's not rocket science let's do it let's get it done man what about it come on man let's do that and let's check all those people that are coming in that are on the terror, terrorist watch list. They're on the list, and yet they let them come in. Over 200, apparently. That was the last count I heard, and that was a couple of months ago, I think. All right. Well, keep me posted. Uh, I better let somebody else talk, because I, I might get uh, some more stuff to lay on you, and you'd, you'd really be, uh, be in trouble then. Well, it's not. So I have all the time <laughs> in the world. I'm the, the biggest... The biggest challenge, Joan, I have is we, we have commercial announcements. If I don't put, play the commercial announcements, then the program is not sustainable. That's the only... Jeez, I must I, have call, call, uh, called just at the right time, huh? You did. You, huh? Yeah. So that's wow. why, that's why you were afforded more than the usual Your amount. So, bear? Yeah. So I, apolo- I apologize to you for spending so much time. I figured it was just because I hadn't called in a while, so, you know... Well, that's part of it, too. Break. Well, yeah. that's part of it. I missed you. Oh, okay. All I right. did. Well, I will. Uh, you don't believe it. I'll reload and call call again. Well, call, yeah, call in more often. Okay. Thanks. All right. Have a great day. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. It's 1142.
I miss the people who don't call in on a regular basis. Come on, man. The number doesn't change. 607-772-1290. Stay tuned to these important announcements and then more calls. I'm Bob Joseph on your Tuesday morning, WNBF. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Bob. Hey, you know, I I heard um, one of the callers a couple calls ago talk about Obama being the best president. Um, You know, I think that I would probably put Barack Obama in the top eight because I think trying to do that, the presidency, I think if you look over our history, there have been certain men at certain times that had to lead the country. You know, I, I think I start right off with George Washington. You know, here's, here's a guy that could have been king, but he didn't. And he talked, you know, he talks about that. If you go back and listen to history buffs talk about George Washington. And of course, I got to put Lincoln in there at a time when our country was split. I got to put Roosevelt. He's got to be in there. And um, the more and more I'm learning about it, um, Harry Truman, he did some things that weren't popular during that time. Desegregation of our service, you know, get that segregation out of there, and also in the federal jobs. This is before civil rights. This is before King did any marching. This guy did it by himself, and he had to do it with an executive order. He couldn't get that through Congress. I mean, these are people that, and I and I got to say, with Obama, I mean, after two year, four years, no, eight years of George Bush, the two wars, we needed somebody. And, you know, I, and I, and I hear you, you, you Trumpers, but you, you got to remember what he, what happened when he came in. Unemployment rate was almost double digits. Um, two wars, bankruptcies, had to bail, had to bail Wall Street out again. And what he left was much better than he got. And of course, Trump, what he inherited, that's not what he left. And I wish Joe Biden would talk more about that. Well, and maybe he will. Maybe he will. You know, it might be, might be, uh, the conclusion of Joe Biden at this point that talking about the true facts would be a waste of time this far away from the election. We're still 13 months away from the election. It'll be a while before the, the primaries start, but I, I suspect that Joe Biden, Team Biden is making a thoughtful choice not to talk too much about the real facts until people get focused, until we know for sure whether the 
Republican frontrunner may be in prison. Might be a may be a, a, a moot point by the time fall of 2024 comes around because no party is going to even even if he is popular, no party is going to seriously consider running an imprisoned candidate against Joe Biden. Well, that, that's true, Bob. I mean, even if it's legally possible, you wouldn't do it. That just uh, that that's that just makes no sense. Come on, man. And at the time, so what's going to happen? You're going to need the news media to fill in fill in the uh, empty empty spaces because uh, I know. Um, you know where the, where are they going to go. But here's my other thing: that in the meantime, look at Washington, look at the House. They're going to do a vote now on whether they want McCarthy to be the speaker. Is that pitiful? Well, it really is. It really is. Hey, I'm going to try to grab a couple more calls here as we uh, wrap up the Tuesday Festival of Fun. Martin in Binghamton, you're on the air. Yeah, hey, um, uh, listening, uh, watching TV last night, too, I heard this um, about how bizarre about Trump not knowing um, his own uh, wealth and about overinflating. Um, he's saying that his apartment that he's been living in in um, New York City was uh, 11, uh, 30,000 square feet, when in fact it's only 30,000. I mean, he, he said it was 30,000 square feet when in fact it's 11,000 square yeah, feet. Yeah, that, that I believe was uh, a complete a complete lie that I, I think they can point to. Look, it, that, that has nothing to do with the specific valuation that that is hey he he exaggerated they say he exaggerated the size of his living quarters at the uh at the big tower so you know i think if i lived in houston i'd say he's got a problem yeah and um joan talking all about florida and the real estate there and the by the water and everything else you know when well, we got the same thing up there skinny atlas as well um one of the more um affluent areas here, but um, Mar-a-Lago, he said it was worth $739 million. Actual value? $28 million. 25 times he inflated that. And one other quick sidebar, I was reading in Sunday's paper, this is a groundswell that's coming up, and it could be a very important next year, is the Swifties, the, the Taylor Swift, the people. The, the <laughs> I parents. saw that. I Yes, I saw that, and I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, wait, that's the X factor. That's the X factor, yeah. and all this stuff with, remember, it. I think one of the key reasons why Trump became America's darling, I'm using air quotes and crossing my fingers at the same time, America's darling is because of the way people – saw him on NBC prime time, which was, they, they thought, oh, deal maker and a guy who likes to fire people. We'd like a president like that. And uh, the fact is the reality show, it, it gave him the notoriety and the popularity he needed to become a, a candidate. But wait until we see, because when she is on so many more football games and then all sorts of other entertainment programs, she'll, She'll have a big effect, I think, on the election next year, the way things are shaping up. Thank you, Martin, for your call. And we go to Owego. Jesse, good morning. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. I finally made it to the big 60. I didn't think I'd make it, but I did. A well, boy, we, oh we, ha we have a special gift just for you. Happy 
I'm listening. Yeah, that's all we paid for. We could only afford two seconds. But anyway, like they say, that, that is, as they say, it's the thought that counts. And I'll tell you, if I was an Ouigo today, I would buy you a cake. But I'm not going to be an Ouigo today. I was in Ouigo last night. I was looking for you, and I was going to buy you a cake, but you were nowhere to be found. So maybe next year. I told you I was dressed in orange. I mean, you could have spotted me out of the crowd. Yep. Well, you weren't, you weren't where where I was looking, so sorry. Maybe next year. Yeah, yeah. Well, Joan, Joan, uh, big time Joan. Wow, she was on a roll today. I think she took her vitamin B12. That was great. But she touched on a point that captured my attention, and she's right. Now it's going to take us 10 weeks to get a passport. Uh, but all these illegals, they can come in. They don't have to do a single thing. And they got it made. So apparently America's getting nervous that too many people are trying to move out. And they're like, ah, we're just going to complicate the issue. I'm not sure exactly. Uh, well, I mean, the truth is we do need more people. I mean, we have a lot of jobs. Look at how many businesses there are in Owego and Binghamton and uh, Albany and Manhattan. There aren't enough people to do the jobs. That's why we need thousands and thousands of people to come into the United States who are wi- willing to actually work. You well, see, well, these businesses, look, these service businesses are not going to be able to run on AI. You can't run a restaurant. You can't run a company that picks up garbage. You can't replace those positions with AI. You need actual people who have a work ethic. And the thought is that a lot of the people coming to the United States right now are are willing to work, willing to work. You pay them 20 bucks an hour. I bet they'll work hard for the money. Well, did you see what just happened to Tom Hanks? Apparently, AI took over, and they didn't add about some uh, pharmaceutical company. And he got on the radio, TV, and said, hey, that was AI. That wasn't me. So, believe me, you'd be surprised what AI can do. No, I'm not surprised. And I'll warn people, if you hear me, whether it's on this station or any in a, any other venue, saying something that you don't think it's appropriate, it's not me. It's AI. So, don't blame me. Well, I'm just saying you'd be surprised just how I'm not surprised. That's why I warn people. If you ever hear my voice on this station or elsewhere saying something you think is inappropriate, that's not me. That's AI. Happy birthday. Thank you. And all I want is AI to do beer runs for me. All right. Well, enjoy responsibly. That's all the time we have for today. I'm Bob Joseph. Catch you tomorrow here on WNBF. News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media station.